The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly I tell you, whoever receives one whom I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. After he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, Do quickly what you are going to do. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival. 
or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has done amazing things. We've been hearing about him all Lent. And now he's raised Lazarus from the dead. He's given sight to someone that was blind from birth. He's done and said things that only God can do. The religious leaders believe he's blaspheming. And we have trouble. And so Jesus enters Jerusalem. We celebrated that last Sunday, and you can imagine the energy. Hundreds of thousands of people would go up to Jerusalem for the Passover. You can imagine the energy. The tension was thick. The Romans wanting to keep trouble down. The Jewish authorities upset at Jesus. What will happen? The disciples must have been thinking that Jesus... And they go to the upper room and start preparing for this Passover and for Holy Week, as we call it, that they were thinking Jesus would give them the strategy, the plan. But what does he do? He kneels down. He kneels down and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter, of course, will have nothing of this. Jesus, he is the king. He is the one we've proclaimed Hosanna in the highest. And you can see he's ashamed of what's happening. And then Jesus, of course, says, oh, I have to do this for you. And Peter kind of gets it and says, yeah, wash everything. And this is now, we call this Monday Thursday because Monday means command in Latin. And so Jesus, a part of this night, as we've heard so beautifully sung tonight, is Jesus' call to, just as he's washed our feet and he washes the disciples' feet, we are to wash each other's feet. He says, I've set you an example. This is how we love each other. This is what I want to see and the people that follow me. And you can think about that, that, you know, I've been with lots of people who are getting ready to leave this world, and when you kind of want to give your parting words and you want to say, come on, this is what I want to see happen. Jesus wants to see in us something of what... (laughs) 
he did for them. Can we have that humility as the body of Christ? Can we hold up our norms, our standards, God's will, what we believe is what God, how God wants us to live, but do it gracefully and graciously, humbly? Can we wash each other's feet? Can we serve as Jesus has served? This is the commandment that we have to begin Holy Week from Jesus. And he says it's a new commandment at the end. But what's really new about it, actually? Leviticus says, love your neighbor. We hear all over the scriptures in the Old Testament to, be, to humble oneself and to love, serve humbly. So what's new about it? Hmm. Well, you just hang in there for that question. Worried my, Mikey, did my battery run out? Or are we still good on the volume? It's still good? Okay, good. Um, so, could there be something more to the foot washing than what I've just said? Hey, I could sit down right now. Come on, people, get out there. Wash each other's feet. Serve each other. Humble yourself. Love like Christ loves, so that everybody outside looking in says, wow, I want some of that. And I've told you that. I could sit down, but of course I will not. (laughs) Because there's something else going on as Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Jesus starts talking about being clean and washing and bathing. And when Peter objects... So something more is going on than just getting the dirt off of his feet and just setting us an example and just showing us what humility looks like. Let's go on in the Gospel of John just a little bit and hear what Jesus says in 14. He says, if anyone loves me, they will keep my word. So keeping his word, he also says, wash each other's feet. So keeping my word and my Father will love them and we will come to that one and make our home with them. Wow! Now let's keep going to chapter 15. Jesus says, already you are clean because of the what? Word that I have spoken to you. You see, Jesus is cleaning their feet washing their feet, taking this form of a servant. Yes, he's doing that, but he's also already cleaned them because he's proclaimed his word to them. And that's the kind of cleaning that we are thinking about tonight. Back in Ezekiel, we hear about God giving us a new heart, not a heart of stone, but cleaning us and washing us and giving us a new heart. That's what's happening in the foot washing. More than just getting rid of dirt, Jesus is giving them his word and washing them and cleaning them. Look what the Apostle Paul says about Christ and the church in Ephesians 5. He says, Christ loved the church, and, and that's you all, And by the way, the you in this gospel reading that we've been hearing is plural. So he's done this for all of us. He loved the church and gave himself up for her. Sounds like foot washing. That he might sanctify her, make us holy, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the... Hmm. 
so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, um, without spot, without wrinkle, any such thing that he might be holy and that she might be holy and without blemish. That's you and me. Oh, there is more going on in the washing of the disciples' feet than just getting rid of dirt and being humble. Jesus' word seems to be cleansing them. You might have even been wondering, this is Monday, Thursday, shouldn't we be washing each other's feet? I know you came expecting that. I know you were ready to get off your shoes and get, where's the basins of water? I'm ready to wash some feet. How come we didn't do that? Or did we? You came forward and you heard Jesus' word and hands were laid upon your head and you heard his word of freedom that washes and cleanses. So maybe indeed there was some foot washing that's already gone on here tonight. Verse 10 is the key. Peter, of course, objects and Jesus says, no, Peter, <laughs> um, you don't, not, you've, you're already bathed, one Greek word. You don't need to wash except for your feet. Different word. Oh, this church fathers, church leaders in the history of the church have wondered what these words mean. There's no doubt that what Jesus was talking about was his word that cleanses. But now, later on, could, is, could it be that baptism is being prefigured here where we take water and we put Jesus' word with that water and we are bathed and we are made clean? And then, of course, we don't need that again. Once you're baptized, you're, you're set. But we do need our feet washed, don't we? We do need those sins, the promise of baptism reapplied and, and those sins washed away. And the absolution is nothing more than applying your baptism again and again in your life. Oh, wow. Could it be that now we have both sacraments present tonight? Baptism we heard Paul talk about the Lord's Supper. What does Jesus say? This is my body. He doesn't say this represents. Our reason comes rushing in and say, oh, he must have meant represents or something has to happen. And, and Jesus just simply says, this is my body. So in the bread and wine tonight, the supper that he instituted on this night, he comes to us and says, I am present. And then the cup is held up and proclaimed, promise, this cup is the covenant, new covenant in my blood. For what? Forgiveness of sin. Wow, what promises come flooding over you and I tonight. Jesus, as he gathers his disciples, as he's gathered us tonight, washes us clean and sets up a supper to take care of those sins until he comes again. But what makes it so amazing is that he does it on the night in which he was betrayed. Yes, he gathers his friends, his disciples. He'll call them friends, actually. 
But he's looking at their eyes, and he knows Judas is the one that's going to betray him ultimately. But don't they all betray him? Which one stuck around? Which of those 12 stuck around to the end? They all forsook him and fled. So this is, I bet, as you've heard this word tonight, when you came up here, if you did, and you heard the absolution, and you're hearing me give you Jesus' word that washes you clean of your sin, you're either thinking two things right now. I'm betting. I don't know. I can't get into your head, but I think this is what's going on. Some of you are thinking, you know, I haven't been that bad. I don't think this is that big a deal. Some of you might be. Maybe most of those folks aren't in this church tonight. But I wouldn't be surprised. But then when you hear Jesus talk about thought, not just word and not just deed, but thought, maybe you'll realize you are in need of that forgiveness. You might be thinking that, but you're probably more thinking, I don't know that I'm worthy of this. But this is exactly when Jesus gave the, the word and washed the feet and cleansed the disciples right when everyone was getting ready to flee from him and right when Judas was ready to betray him. If Judas could receive it, so can you. No one is worthy of it, but everyone gets it because everyone is valued that much by Christ. And you might be thinking, well, what? Did Judas get it? The problem for poor Judas, as you will hear as we go on, is that he got, he repented. He repented. And he went to who? He went to the wrong people. He went to the chief priests, and they say, oh, have your way. They didn't do what they're supposed to do, and they didn't say the absolution, Jesus' words, your sins are forgiven. And that's why Judas wound up where he wound up, because he didn't get the absolution that he deserved. Well, no one deserves it, but he needed. That's the word. He needed it. You need it. I need it. And we get it tonight. In this word now, and in this supper to come, that's the amazing thing. So what is new about tonight as we finish? What is the newness of the command to love each other? Simply this, that yes, we serve, we do all of that, we love our neighbor, but guess what loving also means? We get to give them the same word of forgiveness and absolution whenever we see somebody in need. And we get to invite them to come to these waters and to this meal and receive that freeing word that their sins are forgiven. That's the new commandment. That's the new part of the commandment because it's here that people get a new heart. And you've got one tonight. Thanks be to God. Amen.